God's still real, isn't he? He's still good in the valley. Amen. Thank the Lord. God's so wonderful to us. You know, the Bible said that we have a new name written down in glory. Amen. It's written on a white stone. I don't know what it is, but I'm looking forward to being there and knowing what that name is the Lord has for us. I guess maybe in all of our lives at some time or another, we've had a problem with our names. I remember when I was just small, just a kid, just, you know, a couple of years ago, that wasn't the place to laugh, amen. <laughs> but uh, I, I'd get mad if somebody called me Bobby. Some of you are going to pick up on that and kid me with it, but I didn't like to be called that. And I've always wondered why my parents named me what they did. But I heard about one fella that uh, he had the strangest name. His name was Odd. And uh, they kidded him all through school. They picked on him with that name, Odd. And uh, in the business world, after he got through with his school years, he was kidded about his name. Well, he got older and come down to die. He said, I've put up with this name all my life and I'm tired of it. And uh, I don't want to put up with it after I'm gone. He said, when you bury me, don't put my name on my tombstone. Just put when I was born and when I died and let it go at that. Well, they honored his request and uh, folks had come out into the cemetery and they'd see that tombstone there. Don't get ahead of me now. <laughs> With just that date the person was born and the date they died and they'd look at it and point at it and say, that's odd. <laughs> you can't get away from your name, amen? And I trust you're trying to make it a good name a name that will honor and glorify our wonderful Savior. Open your Bibles with me, please, to the book of Matthew chapter 5. Our scripture lesson will be taken from verse 13 through verse 16. And after reading these verses, I'll have just a brief word of prayer and uh, then bring the message this morning that I feel God has spoken to my heart about for this service. I want to preach on this subject, how to be a shining light. I believe it's God's will for all of us to shine in this world. And it's important that we shine in the right way because when we do, God gets the glory. He tells us that in the latter part of this scripture passage. Would you stand with me as we read the verses together? And then after reading the verses, I'll have a word of prayer and have you to be seated and then bring the message on how to be a shining light. Listen to what it says. Ye are the salt of the earth, but if the salt has lost its savior, wherewith shall it be salted? It is thenceforth good for nothing, but to be cast out and to be trodden under the foot of men. Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. 
Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. Would you pray with me please, Father? Thank you so much for this opportunity to uh, enjoy your presence in our midst. Lord, it's wonderful that we can come together and have freedom to worship you and express ourselves. And we're thankful that we have a church that we can feel your presence in. And Lord, we're thankful for the wonderful singing. It's helped us, Lord, to draw our minds in and set them on things above. So I pray now that you'll bless the reading of your word. I pray for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Oh, God, use me this morning to be a blessing and a help to this waiting audience. We'll thank you for all that you accomplished for us. Save the lost and bless the saved, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And you may be seated. Two things in these verses of Scripture that reveal the true life of the believer. One of them, the Bible tells us, is salt. Salt symbolizes the life of a true born-again child of God. Four things about salt that reveals our Christianity. First of all, salt is white, which speaks of purity, and certainly our lives as believers need to be pure. Secondly, salt is used to preserve things. I can remember as a child when my dad would kill hogs and uh, we didn't have refrigerators back in those early days and we'd take that meat and put salt on it and rub that salt in. We'd lay a layer of it in a box on the back porch and lay the meat in and it would preserve that meat that we might eat it down the road. And just as our lives are to preserve in this life, to preserve the morals of man in this world. Also, salt is used to flavor food. Makes it taste better. Amen? I'll tell you, you don't want to taste the salt, but you want to taste the food that's been salted. Just as the believer is to make life more pleasant for others in this walk of life. Then also, salt is used to create a thirst. Oh, I'll tell you, God wants you and I as believers to create a thirst in the lives of others that we communicate with day by day in this walk of life. So we're salt in this world. But what I want us to look at in the course of the message for this morning is this uh, light that God speaks to us about from these verses of Scripture. Ye are the light of the world. Now as long as Jesus was in the world, He Himself was the light of the world. But now He has left you and I behind that we might shine for His glory. That we might be lights shining in this world. There are some things that are absolutely necessary in order for you and I to properly shine that God would get glory from our lives. I want to call them to your attention in the course of the message this morning. Things that are necessary for our life and light to properly shine for the glory of our Lord. Number one, in order to properly shine as a light, 
You must be fixed on the lampstand. Notice what he says in this passage. He says that uh, our light is not to be put on under a bushel, but on a candlestick. In Revelation chapter 1 and verse number 20, we learn what that candlestick or lampstand represents. It represents the church. And I want to tell you something. You'll never be able to properly shine for God that He'll get glory from your lives until you are affiliated with a local New Testament Bible-believing church in this world. Oh, somebody said, but preacher, I belong to the universal church. Sure, I do too. But I want to tell you something. The universal church has never built a hospital. The new, uh, universal church has never won a soul. The universal church has never visited folks that are in need. But the local New Testament assembly does these things for the glory of God. And in order for our light to properly shine for God's glory, it must be fixed on the candlestick or the lampstand as it's given to us. Now the lampstand referred to here is that lampstand that burned in the tabernacle. The only light that was there. There were no windows in the tabernacle. The only light that was there that was uh, shining was the light from that candlestick or that lampstand that was in the holy place of the tabernacle. You and I are to fix ourselves on the candlestick that we might properly shine that all that are in the house might be blessed. I can remember as a child when we had the lamp light at home. Now some of you haven't had that blessing. I'll tell you, in our generation, everything around the house is run on switches except the kids. <laughs> but in my day, the only thing that was run on switches at our house was the kids. Amen. I remember when we got our first electric light. Oh, I'll tell you, it was something in those days. But I want you to know you and I are to shine. And in order for that lamp that we had to shine, we had to place it in a good place where it would give light unto all that were in the house. Not just to one, not just to a few, but to all. But notice, if you will, where the Lord told us not to put our light. He said, don't put your light under a bushel. Now, I believe that bushel would represent business in this world. You know why a lot of folk don't belong to a local New Testament assembly and why they don't attend church? They're too busy. They just don't have time in this life to affiliate themselves with a local New Testament church that they might shine and glorify God. If you're too busy to become affiliated with the church, friend, you're too busy. You need to become fixed on the lampstand. In another of the Gospels, he tells us that when we get our light lit, not only are we not to put it under a bushel, which would represent business, but also not to put it under a bed, 
Now, if a bushel would represent business, I believe that bed would represent laziness. I tell you why a lot of folk don't go to church on Sunday. They're too lazy. They become holy rollers. They wake up on God's holy day and roll over and go back to sleep and miss church. Amen? Oh, friend, we need not have our light under a bushel, get too busy to affiliate ourselves with the church, not under the bed, become too lazy to serve the Lord, but thank God, get our light fixed on the lampstand that we might shine that God would get the glory from our lives. But not only in order to shine properly in this life, must we have our light fixed on the lampstand, but it must be filled with the proper oil. I tell you, a light cannot burn unless it's got oil in it. And oh, God wants you and I to know that oil symbolizes the Holy Spirit of God. And you and I as believers are not only to affiliate ourselves with the local church, but we're to have our lives filled with the Holy Spirit of God. Ephesians 5 and verse 18 said, Be not drunk with wine wherein is excess, but be you filled with the Holy Spirit. We are to be Spirit-filled Christians. I'm afraid we've let other denominations keep us from wanting to be Spirit-filled Christians. I'll tell you, when you're spirit-filled, you'll be a perfect lady or gentleman. You'll serve the Lord and magnify His name and become a personal witness for Jesus Christ if you got your life filled with the proper oil. In the book of Exodus chapter 27, verses 20 and verse 21, God said, Now Moses... When you're going to light that lamp in the holy place, don't just use any oil. You prepare a special oil and put that oil in the lamp and then it'll shine for the glory of the Lord. And that's exactly what God wants you and I to do. Recognize that our lives must be filled with the Holy Spirit. You see, it's not what we do that counts for God. It's what He does through us that counts for Him. Amen? It's not our efforts, but it's His power. It's not by might, but it's by His Spirit. He's glorified in this walk of life. So we're to be Spirit-filled. And I want you to know something. You and I as believers ought to daily ask God to fill us again with the Holy Spirit. We learn in Acts chapter 2, the disciples were filled with the Spirit. Again in Acts chapter 4, they were filled again with the Holy Spirit. Over and over and over, we're to ask God day by day in this walk of life to let us be Spirit-filled believers. I'll tell you, we've got all of Him, but He hadn't got all of us. We need to yield ourselves.
to the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit of God that we might properly shine in this world and glorify our precious Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So in order to shine, we must be fixed on the lampstand affiliated with the New Testament church. Secondly, we must be filled with the proper oil. Then third, we must be fired by the high priest. The only person that could put fire to that lampstand was the high priest himself. And I'll tell you, if you're fired up from anything except Jesus and the cross, you've got wildfire and not real fire. Amen? And the Bible tells us in Leviticus 24, he tells us in verses 1 through 4, that when that lamp in the tabernacle was lit, that Aaron was to order it, that it might continually burn for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Savior. First thing we ought to do when we get up in the morning is say, Dear Lord Jesus would you fire up my life? Would you put some fire under me that I might burn? I don't care how pretty your lamp is. I don't care how filled it is with oil. Until you put some fire to it, it's not going to burn properly and shed light to those that are in the house. And so we're to allow Him to fire up our life. Now, no strange fire could be offered. The Bible tells us about the sons of Aaron, uh, Nadab and Abihu, how they went and brought strange fire and offered it unto the Lord. And the Bible tells us that the Lord devoured them at that place. God does not want strange fire. He wants real fire. Thank God that's ignited by the Lord Jesus Christ himself. Did you know the light that lit those lamps every day had to come from the brazen altar? All light must originate from that brazen altar. And that brazen altar is a beautiful picture of the cross. Thank God until you've been to Calvary, you can't shine for the glory of God. Until you've allowed the Lord to put that spark in your life, you may clean up your vessel, you may offer praise in song and testimony, but friend, if Jesus is not firing your life, it's not going to give glory to God and honor His precious name. So it is to be fired by the high priest. And then number four, not only if we're going to properly shine for the glory of God, must we be fixed on the lampstand. Not only must we be filled with the proper oil, and not only must we be fired by the high priest, the Lord Jesus himself, but then also we are to be faithfully trimmed. In the tabernacle, the burning of those lamps caused something to happen. I can remember the same thing happening 
when I was a child and we had lamplight at home. That wick would cause carbon deposit to form across the top of it. And in order to make that light properly shine, mom would always get some sharp scissors and take that globe off and trim that wick where it would properly shine in our house. Well, in the tabernacle, God said to Moses and Aaron as they ministered to the Lord in that place, He tells them now, when that wick burns and there's carbon deposit that forms on the top of that wick, don't you dare touch that wick with your defiled hands. You see, that carbon deposit has great sacred significance. He, he tells us in Exodus 25 and verse 38, listen, and the tongs thereof and the snuff dishes thereof shall be a pure gold. Somebody told me one time, uh, said, now, preacher, I'm against smoking, but said, I think dipping is all right. I said, well, where do you get that? They said, well, in the Old Testament, they had snuff dishes. And I guess maybe they used it back then. I remember my grandma had them snuff dishes. And, you know, she'd uh, get that brush and stick it in her mouth and, and rub her teeth with that brush full of snuff. Well, this is not what this is talking about. He was saying to Aaron, when you trim those lamps... You take those golden tongs and trim those lamps off that wick and don't you dare throw it away because it's of great importance. He gave them a little golden box to put the carbon deposit that came off of those wicks in. And oh friend, let me tell you, as you and I live for Jesus in this walk of life, our wicks going to gather some carbon deposit. You know what that carbon deposit speaks of? How much you have burned for the glory of God. Amen. Every time that wick was trimmed, its life became shorter. But thank God, think about what it was used for. That wick was used to shed glory on all of the tabernacle and the temple to show the things of God. And what a wonderful opportunity that you and I have as believers in Jesus Christ to let our light shine that we might glorify His wonderful matchless name in this life. And remember this, every time that you burn for the glory of God, He wants you to know He's not taking that part of your life that's been burned up for Him and casting it aside. God's got you a little golden box in glory. And every day He's trimming off that carbon deposit, that burnt self. And he's putting it in that golden box. And one day yonder, on the other side, at the judgment seat 
of Jesus Christ. Thank God he's going to bring out our golden boxes and there we'll see how much we have burned for the glory of God in this walk of life. I trust you'll just burn up for Jesus. Let him fire you up and then burn out for the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Why somebody said, preacher, you need to slow down. You're going to burn out. I'll tell you, I'd rather burn out for Jesus than rest up for the devil, hadn't you? We need to burn that one day at the judgment seat of Christ, we'll have in that little golden box some things there will show that we have shed light on the glory of God in this walk of life. Thank God for the privilege to shine for Jesus. Please remember this. As you shine, you don't get the glory yourself. When men shall see your good works, they'll glorify your Father which is in heaven. God help us do that. Glorify Him by having our lights properly fixed on the lampstand, having them with the right oil, have them fired by the high priest, the Lord Jesus himself, and having our lives faithfully trimmed that we might burn brighter day by day for the glory of our Lord. Would you stand with me, please?